Good morning. This is Wednesday, September 4th, 2013, and Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page this morning. House leaders express support for strike. Assad wages war shielded with a smile, and in Nokia, Microsoft bets on Apple-like revival. In today's national headlines, bar mitzvahs get a new look to build faith. Bush's look to reclaim influence on immigration, and judges asked by creditors of archdiocese to leave case. In today's financial news, budget battles keep federal agencies guessing. No bounce for Europe in a rebound by Germany, and renting office desks to tech's billion-dollar dreamers. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Maureen Dowd. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top story, House leaders express support for strike. President Obama won the support on Tuesday of Republican and Democratic leaders in the House for an attack on Syria, giving him a foundation to win broader approval for military action. On Tuesday evening, Democrats and Republicans on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee agreed on the wording of a resolution that would give Obama authority to carry out a strike against Syria for a period of 60 days with one 30-day extension. A committee vote could come as early as Wednesday. Uncertainties abound, particularly in the House, where the imprimatur of the Republican leadership does not guarantee approval and where vocal factions in both parties are opposed to anything that could entangle the nation in another messy conflict in the Middle East. Still, the expressions of support from top Republicans suggest the White House may be on firmer footing than seemed the case on Saturday when the President abruptly halted his plans for action in the face of growing protest from Congress. Obama's headed to Sweden and Russia, where he'll try to shore up an international coalition to punish Syria for a chemical weapons attack and will probably encounter some of the same debates that are cleaving the capital. Before his departure, the White House intensified what has become the most extraordinary lobbying campaign of Obama's presidency, as it deployed members of his war council and enlisted political alumni of his 2008 campaign to press the argument with the public. This is not the time for armchair isolationism, said Secretary of State John Kerry, who answered questions and defended the administration's strategy for Syria before the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Kerry stirred some confusion about the potential scope of American military involvement when he tried to carve out an exception to a proposed congressional prohibition on the use of ground troops in Syria, something Obama and other officials have long ruled out as a general principle. If Syria were to fall into complete chaos, and if the chemical weapons of President Bashar al-Assad's government there were at risk of falling into the hands of a militant group like al-Nusra, Kerry said, I don't want to take off the table an option that might or might not be available to a president of the United States to secure our country. Later, under questioning by Senator Bob Corker, a Republican from Tennessee, Kerry walked back his comment, insisting that he'd only been speaking about a hypothetical case. Let's shut that door now as tight as we can, Kerry said, without quite doing so. There will not be American boots on the ground with respect to the Civil War. The Senate resolution would limit the President's options and prohibit the use of ground forces. Any strike, it says, should be tailored to only deter Syria from using chemical weapons again 
and to cripple its capacity to do so.